Yeah, welcome to the English for Life podcast. Hi, Christina. I'm, Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm great. I'm super excited to to have you uh, as our guest because Same here. Yeah, I mean, I've been you know admiring you for uh, your videos. Uh, you have over a million views, right? And on, on um, your videos, I have like let's see, hold on. I'm okay. I'm almost a half a million subscribers, and I think the last time I checked, I have like four. 15 million views like total wow. lifetime like you know um but I mean that that being said we have I have been putting out a video pretty much every week uh -huh. for the past I don't know seven years and maybe only taking a break like you know during Christmas uh like a couple of weeks a, a year or something like that so uh -huh. I mean yeah, I mean, it, you know, it adds up, but it's, you got to put yeah. in the consistent work, I'd say. Right, right. That yeah. is, the, that's amazing. Like, do you, how did you learn how to create the videos and then edit them? Is like, do you do that yourself or do you have like a, a help? Or what? <laughs> um, I, I edited the first videos myself and then I quickly realized that I need to get someone else to do it. Um, because the yeah. first videos, they are still on the YouTube channel and they are, they're just horrible. Um, they're, they're just really bad, but I was like, mm. I want to do this. I've got to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah, after two videos, I realized, okay, clearly, um, I need some help here. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. So I have someone who does that for me. <laughs> okay. So you hired someone like, or like to, to edit the videos and it's been worth it. I guess <laughs> I would say, so. yeah, it's, it's been worth it. Definitely. Um, just because the quality of the videos is a lot better. Mm -hmm. Um, and also like, I don't know how long I, it took, it would take me like, I don't like three hours or something to edit like a five minute video. And I was just like, this is yeah. not worth my time. Oh, I know. I tried myself as well. It's, it's a profession. It takes skill. It, exactly. it takes time. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. How do you decide what, um, topics you're going to, talk about you know, mm, okay yeah yeah good question um so I would say when I started uh it was it was really just like me listening to the people that I worked with um and you know the questions that they would have I'm like oh that could be a, a subject for a video mm -hmm. um, and so I would make videos kind of based on you know the questions that my clients would have or mm -hmm. the topics that they asked to work on um, and now what we do, and I don't, I don't necessarily know if this is a better strategy, but it's what we do now. Um, and when I say we, it's me and, and the team, um, is we, we do work, uh, we do pay a little more attention to, we're starting to pay attention to SEO just now, let's say. Mm -hmm. Um, but so we'll look at, we'll do some SEO research, um, try to find the topics that um, are popular, let's say, in, in terms of SEO, uh, but that also would correspond to, again, just kind of the questions and the topics that our clients ask for. Um, and we try to build um, ideas for topics around those kinds of things. Right. So SEO, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, for example, you can look on Google to see, like, what are the top questions, you know, that... exactly. That right people okay and is your focus french uh, the market or the world global it's um it's it's we don't specifically target the french market um okay. although we do have a lot of french clients um mm -hmm. simply i think because it's because we're i'm in france some of the teachers are in france on linkedin mm -hmm. i communicate in french and in english Mm -hmm. Um, and we are, I would say like in that French system with, you know, the CPF, the opcos working mm -hmm. with companies and that kind of thing. So we do have a lot of French clients, but 
Um, the videos, they're all in English. The newsletter, it's in English. The website, it's in English because I'm like, hey, we, we, lo- we like every nationality. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, in our, in our conversation club, one of the things that um, the members, they really appreciate is uh, being able to come in and to exchange and network and, you know, just speak with people from lots of other nationalities right. and countries. And they get right. that sort of cross cross cultural dimension um that i think is really cool actually it's really cool that's probably the best part is Mm. is that and yeah oh that's really great so what what got you into teaching english in the first place like kind of what's your backstory (laughs) it's um it was really kind of random i would say which i feel like is is the case for a lot of english teachers that i talk to um so when i was like when i was a student um in university like i wanted to become let's say a college professor um so to teach at a university um, to teach something like history or like American civilization. Oh yeah, yeah, that's that right. We had that in common. I also want yeah. I wanted to teach history. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to. I want, like, I just I wanted to be Indiana Jones, basically, and like yeah. you know, teach history, and then go out and have like fun <laughs> adventures in Egypt and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, didn't quite work out that way. Um, <laughs> when when I was a student in France, um, so I was doing my master's degree, and I had a friend who. Who, um, was teaching business English classes kind of at the at the local chamber of commerce and he said you know hey you know they're looking for for teachers um you know why don't you apply and I said well uh okay I'm like 22 years old I have zero business experience um not much more teaching experience either um mm-hmm. but um but but I got hired for that job and that's kind of how I got into the business of teaching business English, I guess. Okay. Um, okay. And then it's like when I finished my studies, that was um, that was the path that I could take, I would say, because in France, um, to become a tenured university professor, you have to pass, um, you know, the aggregation test, but you have to have a European nationality to get a post after that, which I have an American nationality. Um, so that hmm. didn't quite work out. Um, and so I just said, well, you know, I'll go and I'll work in a, um, a training center that does business English. And like, I just continued along that path, actually. Mm-hmm. And when did you decide you would do your own thing? Um, it was in, let me think. I would say around 2015. Um, and I would say that maybe the year or two before that is when I, um, just started getting into the YouTube videos um, because I had a friend who was doing YouTube videos to teach French. And I was like, oh, that looks like okay. a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and I can make videos and I can, you know, share them with the the clients that I was working in through the training center. Right. Cause you were, you were hired like as an independent yeah. through another training right. center. Exactly. And you thought, you thought, oh, I would make videos just for my own students that, that that was the idea at first the idea at first was really like you know my friends making videos that looks like a fun activity and I'll just make the videos and I'll give them not to my own clients because I didn't have my own clients right. at the time right. um but like as a resource to give to the clients that I was working with through the training right, your center. students right yeah, yeah exactly well, yeah students. yeah they weren't and, even and clients even, they were students yeah, yeah yeah exactly and it right, wasn't right, even right. like a marketing thing it's like you know, like right. you might give them a worksheet I was like well let me just make a video for them and I'll give them my video yeah um right but because it was on YouTube 
um, then people, you know, all over the world could find it. And right. people would start contacting me saying like, I saw your videos. Do you teach over Skype? Cause it was Skype at the time. Yeah. Right. Um, right, right. Skype, right. Yeah. Yeah. Zoom right. Didn't exist. Right, right, um, right. And that's just, that's kind of how it got started actually. Wow. Yeah. So there were people from all over the world saying, Hey, I want to learn from you directly from you, dude. And so I guess, mm. uh, you had to figure out, cause it's not that easy, is it? I mean, right. to like paypal like how do you get i mean paid and you know how do you like you have to set up a business and exactly no it was Mm -hmm. it was really i mean it was really super basic at the beginning i would say Mm -hmm. um i guess maybe one thing that that made it easier was that a lot of the people um that were contacting me they were based in france so it's just like oh i'll send you an invoice you send me a a bank transfer and i you know created an invoice on like word or something um and and so like i i would say fortunately like before then i had the status of auto entrepreneur um from like some translation work that i had done and like it was just really random i was like oh well i've already got like a status um so i can send these people an invoice Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like, that's literally, it's like, I'll send you an invoice and then I'll send you my Skype connection and, you know, we'll, sure. uh, meet at three o'clock on Wednesday to have a lesson on Skype and. Right. And, and it started from there. Like, exactly. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, and so the, the, the videos you do for fun, yeah. but it's also as a teaching resource. Right. And it's a sales funnel. Exactly. As well, I mean, also, it's a it's a yeah. lead uh, magnet. It's... Exactly. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. It's yeah. It's kind of all of those. Um. I mean, like now we we use the videos as a resource in our um in our faster fluency conversation club. So that's the conversation club. Um, okay. And we send the people. Um. I would say a set of resources every week because there's mm-hmm. a topic of discussion for each week. Um. And we right. we plan it out so that. The topic of the uh, the topic of discussion for the week in the conversation club um, matches up with the the topic of the video for the week, or vice versa. I, I would say we, we define the topic of conversation, right. we make the video um, on that topic, and then we also have a podcast which is going to be on the same topic, and then right. we give these resources. Um, I would say they're they're freely available on the internet, but we actually send right. them. Sure. Well, you organize it and yeah, you make it easy for them to access. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's, I would say though, the videos in the podcast, yeah, they're, they're teaching resources, they're lead magnets, they're marketing tools. um, They're kind of, uh, they they have a lot of purposes, let's say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And you clearly still enjoy doing it, right? Yeah, I, I do. Like I, I'm, it's kind of frustrating at the same time because I'm like, oh, I wish I could have like you know, you see these videos on YouTube and you can just, you just know that they're so well produced. Like I watch the videos mm. of like Nathaniel Drew or Matt Davila and, and these people. And I'm like, wow, I wish I could do those kinds of videos. Um, so there's the, there's that kind of frustration. Sure. Cause at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to take two weeks to make one video. Um, right. but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> you know, what? I'm going to take the resources I've got in time, in terms of time and money and, um, creativity and I'll try to do the best that I can do. Yeah. Well, eventually um, you're going to get to 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 that kind of production level. One, one day mean, I'll have a film crew, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um for but, now it's me and a tripod and a microphone standing in front of my bookshelves, but Well, I mean, it's it's funny that cuz you're comparing to people that maybe have a higher production value, but hmm. 
all of us are, we're all compared a lot of us are compared to you it's like wow that christina she makes these great videos right oh, so it's all relative it's it, yeah and that's i think we you know it's like everything you can always look and find somebody who's doing better and be like man i wish i could do that but at the same time like and i think this is really important is taking the time out and looking back at everything that you've accomplished for yourself and like um i was just looking at my coaching notes from my sessions with my coach for the year 2022, it's like 75 pages of notes. Um, and I was looking at it yesterday and I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, we've done so much this year. <laughs> wow. Whereas when you're really like in the work day to day, mm. I think you you forget to see that. And all you see is the mm. the difficulties and the struggles and the, the, the problems to solve mm. and things like that. <laughs> yes. And there are many, I remember uh, when I went to, uh, you know, a language school to learn how to teach English uh, five years ago. Uh, I remember with the, my classmates, I'm like, hey, guys, how about when we graduate, let's open a school together. Yeah. And I remember one girl saying, yeah, it's not that hard. It's just what you rent the space, you teach English. What's what could, you know, <laughs> you, you build it and they will come, you know, yeah. how hard can it be? <laughs> I, and it's like the, the more I'm into it, that's been my fifth year, the more I see all the things that I need to do. Like, right. it seems like it's getting more complicated than it is easier. Yeah, that, that, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's how you get successful and that's how exactly. you build a, a better organization. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I feel it's just like with, with each, you know, level of growth in your business, there comes new challenges. Um, yeah. So it's like, okay, you know, uh, we're move. I don't know if your business is moving up to sort of a higher level of activity. You're not going to have the same difficulties as you maybe were facing when it was just you by yourself mm-hmm. in, a, in a Zoom mm-hmm. connection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, that's right. It really depends what you want. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and my goal is an organization, like a company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and that means that I'm not teaching, but I'm organizing and I'm in charge, and you know, in charge of the quality right. and all that. Really, I want to get to a place where a little bit like you, where I'm creating content because I Mm. enjoy creating content. I love the process of thinking about how do I uh, teach something in a creative way. Um, And I also love experiences like uh, Mm. so like a speaking club. I'm very attracted to something like that. um, We do have a like a speaking club. uh, Mm. It's only once a week, but um, for our clients. uh, But I want to develop that a little more. Mm. But I, and, and those I animate and I love yeah. it. I just love the interactions and being exactly. in, in the center of it. It's it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's that's it. It's like try, trying to fi- like finding the point where, you know, you can continue doing what you're doing, but it also evolves so that you keep that element of fun and you're not just doing the same exact thing for like 10 years in a row and, and then you get bored and that's things right. like that. It's like, That's I think, right. you know, you, you have to try to make it so that your work always stays fun. And I'm not saying that everything is mm. always fun, but keeping no. that, keeping that joy, I would say, um, in doing the work, I, I don't know, I'd say 75% of the time and then 25% it's admin and things like that. No, for sure. Well, I, I admire teachers that go to like traditional schools mm. and will teach English in front of 30 kids with yeah. different levels. <gasps> I totally admire them because mm. I could not do it. I tried exactly. doing it. I actually lost my patience uh, after three or four classes. I, yeah. I stormed out of the, of the class. I'm like, I'm like, screw this. You're like, I can't <laughs> so, do this. Like, I can't this. do this. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and so all my yeah. admiration to P 
pure teachers that mm. like, wow, because how do they stay? How do they keep the motivation going? Exactly. For, for, how do they stay motivated? Yeah. Day in, day out. You know, I, sometimes I'll give talks at a university or something yeah. that's rare, but when I do, that's just full of joy, uh, thrill. What a thrill, you know, but, yeah. it's, but I'm exhausted after one hour. I'm, I'm all my energy is gone. Like, so how do yeah. they do that? <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah. Like I've taught, I've done that. I used to teach. Um, I did it not full time, but I would have a couple of, um, you know, classes in like a, in like a business school. And even then I would say it, it wasn't like a public school where it's like you said, 30 students, it was like right. a business school with like 12, you know, 18 year olds or something like that. And mm -hmm. even then I was like, after two lessons, I was like, I'm done for the day. Like, I <laughs> can't take this anymore. Yes. Um, and yeah, I like, so I have total admiration for the people who are in those, like, I feel like our conditions where we're working maybe like one-on-one -on -one with adults mm -hmm. or in small groups are like the privileged position in, in the teaching mm -hmm. world. Um, and so, and yeah, I was like, just like so mm -hmm. much admiration for like, I don't know how you do this, the, you know, the teachers that are in those huge classes with students of all different levels, various levels of motivation and maybe like behavioral issues that I don't even mm -hmm. know. Amazing. And some, well, some, unfortunately, some of them burn out, you know. Yeah, uh, ex yeah, exactly. Which yeah. I, I would say understandably so. Uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you, how long have you been teaching English to French people? Um. 18 years, like wow. basically, okay. yeah, like forever. Right. Um, basically, because I started when I came over to France to do my master's degree, actually. Right. So that gives you an idea of how old I am. <laughs> We're doing the math in our heads. <laughs> exactly. Like, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, the, the right. So, you that's a long time. So, 18 years. So, yeah. I am sure you have, you got a pretty good grip on what, you know, can you tell me what are the, major let's say problems or you know that difficulties that they face the challenges mm -hmm. that they face yeah um i would say the biggest one that that i've seen is um confidence actually um you know i've like so many people and i'm people who are like 45 50 years old they'll say you know when i when i was in school in my english year, i'm like oh my goodness that was 30 years ago if not more um mm -hmm. but like they have had this, I don't know, this like traumatic experience of learning English. And then they go into their company and then they're embarrassed or afraid or intimidated when they have to speak English in front of their coworkers or their boss. Uh, they might have coworkers that make fun of their accent. And, and so there's a lot of like um, shyness and lack of confidence about speaking English in front of other people and especially in front of people of their own nationality. Um, and so a lot yeah. of the, yeah, it's like a lot of the work that we do is actually just helping the people not to become perfect in English. Cause I mean, nobody speaks perfect English, um, mm -hmm. but to become comfortable, like being themselves in English and, and expressing their ideas and with their accent. And when they're making mistakes with prepositions and saying like, yes, this is my English. It's not perfect. Um, but I can be really good at working in English despite all of that. Um, so I would say it, it's like the mindset um, is maybe the biggest challenge for a lot of people. Um, and then mm -hmm. after that, I would say, and maybe in terms of the English language itself, um, of course, the, the tenses give everybody a hard time. I, I'd say 
almost everybody we talk to say, oh, I have a lot of difficulties with the tenses. Um, but I think, again, that kind of goes back to the mindset and the confidence of saying, hey, I don't master all the tenses, but that doesn't stop me from being a good communicator in English. Right. So you focus more on the the mindset, the confidence. Mm. Um, so is that how do you achieve that? Like, let's say in 20 hours, how do yeah. you how do you teach confidence? <laughs> how do we teach it? <laughs> uh, you know, I would almost say that we don't teach the confidence. We like give people the space to allow it to come out. Um, meaning what do we do um, in the conversation club? The the atmosphere is very um, welcoming and non-judgmental is what we've heard a lot of the clients say. They say, we like it because it's, there's no judgment here. Um, so we give them that space where they feel free to be themselves and to make mistakes. Um, and then in the individual sessions, like the teacher is there not to come in and to deliver a lesson that they've prepared, but to work with the student mm. to draw out, you know, what's your situation that you need to improve on? What are your difficulties that you have? Mm. What are your, your questions or your doubts? And let's work on eliminating all of those. Mm. And so that they see that they're able to do it. And then we ask them to go out and to actually do that in their job, like to transfer mm. the, the lesson over to their work life and then come back and tell us about it. Um, and mm -hmm. so it's just through this process of like giving them a little push and then having them go out and try it in the real world and then coming back and not with the expectation of saying like, oh, we did this one lesson on presentations in English and now my presentations are excellent, right. but to say, what did you improve that you, you know, had doubts about before? And now what's the next little thing that we need to improve, um, Right. Yeah, that, that sounds very similar to what, you know, we like, so we'll have a program as well, right? Mm. Like, okay, uh, one module on meetings, for example. But it's not so important that we teach you that module on meetings. It's much mm. more important that you that we recreate or role play, right, yeah. your meeting situation. Right. So that, yeah, we can feedback, give you feedback and ask pertinent questions. Exactly. Which, which gives me to the other point, like, in terms of teachers on your mm. staff, yeah. like, are they from professional backgrounds or are they, are they mm. teachers, like, meaning they study teaching and, you know, or do they come from, you know, other backgrounds? Like other backgrounds. Yeah. yeah. So they do come from like, I would say other professional backgrounds. Mm. Um, like we've got one teacher, Karen, um, you know, she used to work in like HR and, you know, in mm. companies like Coca-Cola or Bank of wow. America, Great. Um, Matthew, he used to have his own business in Japan. Um, mm. So, you know, we've got people who bring in, I would say their real world professional experience. And then for, for whatever reason, they decided to, to become English teachers as well. And then mm -hmm. they, I would say, layered on the pedagogical skills onto their business experience and so that's how mm. they're able to actually help, I would say, like real, real life business people with their real life business problems, um, right. because they've been through that as well. And that's now they've right. also got the English teaching um, pedagogy to go with it. Right. That's great. Mm. I know. I know for me also, the big uh, part of what we teach or coach is like habits. 
Mm. Right. In other words, cool, you can do the classes here and you'll improve, but what are you going to do after? Right. So exactly. one of the things I say is, you know, put your phone settings in English. Yeah. Right. Because what an opportunity to constantly um, you know, be reading in English, for example. Exactly. No, that's it. And yeah, it's it's we're we're big on the habits thing as well because it's like, all right, you know, we can we're gonna work with you for a certain amount of time. Um, but what's going to happen when we finish working together, um, you have to kind of be responsible for yourself. So, you know, um, trying to put in these lasting sustainable practices, um, so that it's not only when they're with us that they're improving Mm -hmm. is that they can go out and continue. Um, and then maybe come back when they realize they need to really like level up something specific, um, but we don't want them to be dependent on us. I mean, even that would be good for business, right. uh, but the idea is to help people to become, you know, autonomous, self-sufficient, right? autonomous. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess one last question. Uh, what would you say uh, that a, a, a French person, a French professional, let's say adult who is shy to, you know, speak up in meetings, for example, mm. what can she do to start improving like that skill Let's say without without even having to pay for mm. uh, English lessons, what could mm. she do? I would say maybe like the first thing is um, generally preparation always helps. Um, so if mm-hmm. if you know if they can prepare the the topic of the meeting, um, maybe do a little bit of preparation of what they want to say in advance. Not like write out mm. their sentence and memorize it, not that, but right. like to have some notes about the points that they want to cover maybe some key expressions etc sure just that would help a lot actually yeah exactly it's like if people just do kind of that thing um Mm. but one thing I always recommend especially for meetings and especially for meetings where I would say there are um lots of people participating whose native language is not English have an Mm -hmm. agenda um because that's going to help a to keep the meeting structured and b to help those people follow the meeting, um, you know, and to know what are the topics that will be discussed. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can do a little bit of preparation. Um, And then also, I would say part of creating, um, I would say a welcoming, inclusive atmosphere in the meeting um, is if if there are non-native speakers of English, for the native speakers being sure to speak clearly and more slowly and to check comprehension. Right. Right. Um, That's a or, big one, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> native speakers need English lessons on how to communicate in English. Exactly. Speakers. For um, sure. But yeah, like create, like working together as a team or a department to create an atmosphere where it's okay to ask for clarification, to say, I didn't understand, you know, can mm-hmm. I clarify, et cetera, um, mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. to make it a, like, like I said, a more inclusive meeting for everyone um, mm-hmm. no matter that language. sounds great right so the so your advice would be for that person to be prepared in advance mm-hmm. in terms of uh not writing everything down but kind of having key points and right. kind of maybe practicing that and also making sure that the whoever's chairing the meeting or uh, managing right. the meeting that they uh, uh maybe tell everyone involved especially yeah. the native speakers right. that hey you know, be aware that there are non-native speakers at this meeting and please speak more slowly. Right, exactly, uh, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> what I always say is like, if you're doing business in English, the the the, the name of the game is not, you know, we want all non-native speakers to be able to communicate like Americans 
and play mm. at the same level. I was like, no, it's it, what's it about? It's about reaching a business goal together, communicating together. And that means, you know, each party making an effort to meet the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think that that's important. And I think that it is important for the native speakers in an international team to also have training on how to effectively communicate in business English with non-native speakers. Um, because I think we sometimes ask the non-native speakers to, to make all of the efforts and to learn the idiomatic expressions and, you yeah. know, to perfect their pronunciation. Whereas then you've got Americans come in and like, all right, let's get the ball rolling on this agenda. Cause we got a lot of points to cover. And, and you're just like, yeah, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Christina, these are really excellent points and very useful tips for everyone. So, uh, and it was really lovely uh, chatting with you. Yeah. Uh, let's hope yeah. to do it again soon. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to bring you on to our podcast next time. So yeah. oh, I we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Rob. Have a good Thank one. You. See you ya. Too. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>